Good afternoon. Welcome to Toronto City Church. Can we just thank God for the worship ministry and just for the great job and the opportunity we have to worship God? Amen. Well, you guys beat me the punch. As you grabbed your seat, I wanted you to say hi to somebody around you. So I know you're sitting down, but you can still say hi sitting down. Introduce yourself if you've never met the person before. Tell them our God is holy. Awesome. We want to welcome you guys. We had a great 9 a.m. service, and we are excited for what God is going to do on our 11.30 a.m. service. It's just so good to see each one of you here. If you've never met before, my name is Pastor Brendan Witt, and I'm the lead pastor here at Toronto City Church. Along with my wife, we serve together. And I want to welcome you to, I want to welcome you here today. I just, I want to share a couple of preliminary things before we welcome our speakers to come and they come to share and to minister. Uh, first off, I just want to give a special welcome to any first time guests we have with us. Now I know there's a number of people who've joined us who are at the conference this past weekend. How many of you guys were here for the Demon Busters Deliverance Conference that we had? We just had an amazing, amazing time. And, you know, for those of you who weren't there, I was saying this is our first service crowd, I'd love to tell you that it's okay. I mean, it is okay. But I'd love to tell you you didn't miss that much, but you missed a lot. But you know what? The good news is the anointing and the impartation of God is still flowing and impacting us here at the church family. And so you can still receive from that. But so we know we've got a, a number of people who've come to the conference who stayed over with us, and we just welcome you. It's good to have you here today. We also know there's been some other people who maybe it's just you found us online, a friend invited you, and this is your first time here. Thank you for being with us. You could be a lot of places today. You chose to be here. That means a lot to us. And so here's what we want to ask. When you leave today, if you go out those back doors, you go immediately to your left in the lobby. We have a connect table. At the connect table, we have one of our team members who would love to meet you, love to get to know you a little better. We actually have a small gift we want to give you, just our way of saying thank you for joining us. And so if you're a guest with us, if you wouldn't mind going there, that would be awesome after service. We also want to take a moment just to pray over and acknowledge all of our weekly giving. Uh, and as you know, so many of us now, we don't even technically give on a Sunday, but you give throughout the week. People give online. But we still want to take a moment to really release our faith just over our giving and over the generosity of what God does. You know, again, I, I say this very regularly, but I just want to say thank you again to each one of you who are faithful for giving into what God's doing here at Toronto City Church. You know, but I was thinking, even when we were talking about honoring God and just about the holiness of God, I was talking with our staff team recently just about some things around the honor it is to serve and the honor it is to do. And it's important to remember that because sometimes we get caught up in things and we get busy and we lose sight of the honor we actually have to serve. And I want to encourage you as well, it is a great honor to give. It is an honor for us to give into God's kingdom. And I don't want us to ever lose sight of that, that it's an honor for us to give. It's an honor for us to sow into God's kingdom. It's an honor for us to invest. And sometimes we just get so used to it, we're going through the motions, and we lose sight of the honor that it is. So I want to encourage you, let's, let's recapture the honor that it is today. If we've kind of lost it a little bit in our heart, the honor it is that we give to God. And it's very usually, I want to encourage you, if you're here today, maybe you've tuned in line, and you've never taken that step of faith to become a tither, to be one who gives into God's kingdom, I want to encourage you, step out in faith in this area of your life and watch what God does. You don't know what you're missing out on. You don't know what you're missing out on, and you never walk on water if you stay in the boat. 
you want to, don't just hear someone else's testimonies of God's provision. Don't just hear someone else's stories. God wants to give you your testimonies. God wants to give you your stories, but it's us taking that step of faith, even in walking on the water, stepping out of the boat. So I want to encourage you, take that step of faith and watch what God does. Amen? So let's pray over our regular giving and just thank the Lord for it. We also want to remind you as well, uh, Sam and Emma are ministering with us today, and we've been able to give you know, there's an opportunity to give at the conference, but we also want to give into them as a church family, and we want to sow into them, and we want to bless them, so we'll just have a moment at the end as well for an offering and an opportunity to give into them. So, Father, we thank you today in Jesus' name for the opportunity we have to give and to sow. Lord, we thank you for the honor we have to give to you. And, Lord, so just as people give, whether it's today, whether it's throughout the week, Father, we thank you that you multiply back to them everything that they sow and everything that they give. Lord, we thank you that we have more than enough to do everything you've called us to do as we walk in obedience. God, we thank you for abundance. We thank you for provision. Father, we thank you that you are the God of not just enough, but you are the God of more than enough, and that we can never outgive you. And so we give today with faith, we give today with joy, and we give today with expectation in Jesus' name. And everyone agreed said, amen. All right, a couple things we just want to practically remind you guys of. Next week is a baptism service. So if you have yet to go public with your faith, sign up, let us know. We'd love for you to be able to get baptized next week. Joy Ministry also has an event next week at Edward Gardens. Make sure you check in with that. For those of you who are connected with that ministry. Uh, But without any further ado, we want to welcome back once again. We've just been so blessed I mean, over the last several days, but really it's been over the last several years. I remember it was a number of years ago now. I, I can't remember, sure, it must have been about four or five years ago. She had gone to some meetings in Dallas with Cindy Jacobs. She came back to me. She said, I got the most prof- like powerful prophetic ministry I think I've ever gotten. She said, it was this woman from Scotland. And uh, it wasn't even Emma. It was one of her team members. And she was just like totally blown away. So the next thing you know, a little bit, as awesome as she comes to me, she goes, they're doing prophetic training. I want to go. I'm like, awesome. Where is it? She goes, Glasgow. And I'm like, Scotland? And, and I'm not going to lie. My captain budget mind's starting to kick in. I'm thinking transatlantic flight. I'm thinking, you know, we were in a definitely a tight season. There's a lot of things. So she's like, babes, I just feel like I need to be there. And so I'm so glad because I said, okay, well, let's, let's make it happen. Let's get you there. And, and it has just been, it was the start of a journey, I know, for her and then for us and something that's overflowed in our church that's really just been so transformative. And, uh, and it's just been a blessing. I was really encouraging. I was encouraging guys in first service. I've thought at different times, you know, you hit those moments where you feel like God's called you to be somewhere, God's called you to do something, but you got to take a step of faith, even with your finances or even in some different details in your life. And you have to take that step. And, you know, I was so glad we took that step. I was so glad we took that step of faith. And I just want to encourage you. Maybe there's some steps of faith that God's asking you to take. Some of you even this weekend investing in some things, you know, you know, taking time doing that. Take those steps of faith because you never know the doors that God's going to lead you through. But you got to take those steps of faith. So it's been a huge honor and blessing for us just to get to know uh, Emma and her her husband David, to get to know Sam better, to get to know their entire team. It's been a huge honor just to work together, and we are so thankful for them. We love them so much. They've just impacted us, Toronto State Church, and they're making a great impact in the nation of Canada. And so they're going to do a tag team, just kind of prophetic preach today. So again, remember, and I encourage you guys this, prophets are meant to challenge us, to stretch us, to, to, to push us. 
right? It, it, they make us uncomfortable sometimes to push us into what God has for us. That's part of their call. Amen? Somebody like, what are you setting me up for? Just, just, just be ready, all right? Just be ready and be open to receive. Why don't you join me in giving a real great Toronto City Church welcome to Emma Stark and Sam Robertson. Well, the feeling of love and admiration is totally mutual and uh, just, I feel just so blessed to know Sharon and Brendan and boy, are you blessed to have them as leaders. And you are. They're one in a million, really seriously. Okay, so how this works, my lovelies, is Sam and I sat yesterday. We we know uh, a lot of stuff now, so we know you guys. And we, we tried to put all of that on the shelf. And we sat and we said to each other, what are the key, like, headline thoughts that God has so that we at least are on the same page? So we hear God say, I want to talk about broadcasting. I want to talk about creativity. I want to talk about buildings. And we go, and, and really that's the length of the conversation. It's not a deep and meaningful apart from headline acts. We uh, scurry away before the Lord separately and write for ours um, uh, in between feeding children and all of the rest. And uh, we just then don't compare notes again. So we don't want to then go, did you mean that? Is that uh, did you get that? We just sharpen each other live on the platform. So you get to see some of our processing here where you'll see me get excited about what he's prophesying because I'm like, whoa, go for it. And usually because it's the same God, um, there's a massive amount of overlap. <laughs> So we had a practice in our first service, but as ever, I'm already like, there's more, there's more, there's more, there's more, there's more. Nice jacket, Sam. Thank you, you too. We do always say for for churches where there's two services in the morning, often they'll ask us, can you do the exact same thing so no no one feels left out? And we try really hard, we promise, but it never quite goes that way. So there will be new portions. And also if the the first one was recorded, get that. that. And listen to them both so you get the full portion. We didn't look very prophetic yesterday afternoon. Did you see our socials? We lost the car in the car park. I'm really sorry. I did have a moment where I thought I'd lost my mind because we went to the wrong floor. I thought it was the right one. And I was sure when I parked the car, the floor was a different color than it was when we went back. Then I just realized I was looking around the wrong floor entirely. But we found it. It did take us 10 minutes. So... Double that. Right, okay. (laughs) You can't know all things. You can't. Right. (laughs) Father, we respond to your holiness. We respond to the fire that you are by putting ourselves close to you and crying with all of our being, oh, let your flame burn me also. 
God, I don't want to just watch that you're the burning one. I don't want just to know it. But Father, I want to be consumed by that that burning inferno. Oh, Father God, may I not be a spectator in the courts of your kingdom. But Father, here is all that I am that you might burn me and burn me and burn me and burn me and burn me. Yes, God. God, take us into deep deep encounter with your flames till I feel the heat of your consuming fire I don't want just to know I want to experience I don't want just to read I want to feel I don't want to watch somebody else have the encounter that I know you have said I can access to. So, Father God, I come running. I come running. We come running. We join the throng that climb the hill of the Lord and come to the place of your consuming burning. And we crawl back up on the altar that we would never get off it as we have done in previous seasons. For there may be in us a heart that perpetually says, burn me, consume me, set me alight. And I just feel even before we start to prophesy, there is such a marking where God is saying, I want you to be a fire people, a people of fire, living flames consumed but not burnt and fully alive and the Lord says would you even now open your hands and surrender for can you see in the spirit realm that there is a portion of fire and a portion of flame that I want to drop into you and drop on your lap and put inside of you right now for the Lord says this is not you here to just receive something and be a spectator there is a participation says the Lord and my my burning and in my fire would you open your hands to receive even now for I am marking you as a fire people I am turning you into a people of the flame and a people of the furnace says the spirit of God where you will be marked with purity and marked with power and marked with a new level of burning says God and so he says open wide and receive fire and flame for you are becoming a furnace says the Lord and you will be a house remarked as a furnace says God receive my burning and become the furnace receive my burning and become the furnace for am I not making this house a furnace says God be burnt and be marked be burnt and be marked says God as a furnace house says the spirit of God this day And the Spirit of the Lord says, right now I am landing in the room an Issachar anointing 
for during the worship, I was aware that there was a sense of something slightly being out of time. And I watched your spirit, man, uh, connected with the spirit of God, start to move outside of you, like where you were was not in pace with the travel of the spirit of God. And I saw a disconnect in the room from where you are to where you should be. And the spirit of the Lord says, let me heal your delay and let me heal your out of timedness by giving you an Issachar capability right now. For in the room comes a catch up anointing, says the Lord, for the things that you missed out on and the things that you did not see that you needed to action in the moment. Genesis 49, uh, 14 to 15. There's only about two scriptures that really unpack Issachar. Um, Genesis 14. Issachar is a raw boned donkey lying down among the sheep pens. In other words, it's an anointing of a certain sort of strength, raw bone donkey. It's a a fortification of power that this anointing has. Goes on, when he sees how good his resting place is and how pleasant is his land, he will bend his shoulder to the burden and submit to forced labor. Very peculiar scripture. But basically what that means, is there is an anointing not just of strength like a donkey not just of power and of force but of the ability to crouch down between the sheep pens in other words to go to the place where there are differing opinions in a nation to go where a nation disagrees to go where a people are in different camps and to start to bear the burden of the nation and to start to raise the nation up as you go low between the opinions and the tribes and you are able to bear the burden of the call and it becomes pleasant to you and you lead the nation into the timings of God. 1 Chronicles 12 32 from the tribe of Issachar there were 200 leaders of the tribe with their relatives, all these men understood the signs of the times and knew the best course for Israel to take. It is foundationally not just a timing anointing for you personally, but it is a timing anointing for nations and regions and territories that goes, this is what God is doing, keep up. This is what God is doing, here's the direction of travel. This is what God is doing, that is not. This is what God is doing, this is what is pleasant for you right now. This is what God is doing, in this hour, in this moment, right now, keep up, keep up. It's that sort of anointing that needs to be able to communicate the direction of travel of God. And the Spirit of the Lord says, Samuel Kenga, I have put this anointing in this house on you predominantly. 
And the Lord says, you know the timings of God, yet there has been a self-muzzling and muting that you have thought, I will hold my peace and I will be silent because I want to be one who knows what it is just to diligently submit and follow. And the Spirit of the Lord says, you knew some things were out of time. And the Lord says, I put the timing of the house on you. I put the leadership on Brandon and Sharon. I put the apostolic on them, but I put the timings on you. And the Spirit of the Lord says that even now you will start to speak those out and you will call a people into time. And if you feel out of time, that is the man you need to get to lay hands on you. Come on, go to him. Don't don't drain him, okay? But even the sense of like one touch from his hand because the anointing is so strong in him. Did you see what he did this morning? He's behind here. He's understanding a sort of different rhythm on the drums. Nobody was keeping pace. And the Lord just was in, it's not that the worship was discordant, it wasn't, but he was doing something spiritually different to everybody else in the room. Did you see that? Did you feel that? That you were like, and you were going, am I right or am I wrong? You were absolutely the forerunner of the timings of God this morning, my friend. And there is this sense of watch that man and watch his pace and watch his instinct. But the Spirit of the Lord says, not only will he champion the Issachar timings, the Lord says, I will put it back in the midst of you that right now you are able to catch up to the call of God in your life, the functionality of your call, and to hop, skip, and jump over the hurdles in front of you. For Issachar knows how to crouch down low, spring up, and be in the right place at the right time. And the Lord says, do you not see that I have raised you up to break the curse of Daniel 7.25, where Satan speaks words against me and seeks to wear you out by changing your times and laws. And if you are in perpetual exhaustion, may I suggest going after a demon of exhaustion is a lesser demon because exhaustion is the product of delay and confused timings. And Satan exhausts you by pushing you out of time and if you go after exhaustion you'll never break free if you don't get yourself back into the rhythms of God and the Lord says even receive now a breaking of delay a breaking of being out of time for if you go ahead of God or behind God you will always be exhausted you will always be worn out because you are out of time you will be worn out you will be confused you'll be doing something out of the favor the right timing brings and you will find yourself even in self-criticism and self-loathing where you will push yourself to try harder to do more to push further and you won't achieve a single thing unless you're in the right timing and I felt and I could hear in the spirit realm a really unpleasant sound and I've heard it before because it had to happen to me when a bone pops out of alignment or pops out of your body and in emergencies the paramedics need to crack it back into place. I've had it done once to my arm when a bone was popped right out of my arm and they have to crack it back into place and I could hear the ferocity of the God who was setting a bone back in order pushing you into alignment and saying I will not have you as a people who are delayed a people who are behind, a people who are always in catch up and it's not just about you getting into 
to right time is because the call on the house is to set the timing of the nation and to be a forerunner, a pioneer of what God wants to do. And so when Samuel started to drum and that syncopated sort of beat that you were playing at one point, it was a forerunning sound of the rhythm that God wanted not just you to come into, but then the nation to follow suit. And there is just by the Spirit of God an Issachar mantle that's falling on you. Some of you can feel it now. Some of you are thinking, I am so out of time. How can that be me? You're just going to have to receive it. It is by the Spirit of God, not by effort, not by might, like Zachariah says, by the Spirit you are coming into in alignment like a bone being pushed back into its right place where God is setting some things right. He is setting your timings right and you will know not just your timings but you will know how to speak a word that sets the timings of a region, a territory, a nation, a people into order so that you don't labor continually exhausted and you don't find yourself continually worn out. And so in Jesus' name, I name, I speak alignment to your timings right now. I find often when we hit a, a rhythm of worship where the drums are really leading, yeah. leading us, we often think, oh, I don't think I've got the energy for this or I'm not in the frame of mind for that or I just come with a bit of exuberance into the moment. I don't think we understand sometimes that when you have an Issachar on the drums in a house, that most of what is happening is about alignment and timings and actually how significant your movement is in reflecting what is happening. So even the the sense of getting out of your chairs, uh, not just, I mean... Church leaders love when we're all doing some stuff together because it makes us all feel good. But that's not really what I'm pushing here. It's the coming up and out of your chairs and that kind of sense of the the movement because collectively you are getting your entire beings, families, businesses and communities into an order of God. It's much more spiritually powerful than you've realized. And certainly when you are like clapping on the back of that, you, you know that in scripture, God claps. You read those scriptures and his clapping often you see uh, uh, is to shift or to bring judgment or to um, soothe his own emotions. You read about the God who claps even to reset his own emotions. I find that fascinating in scripture. So you know sometimes that you actually think, look, I need a wee quiet moment and a lie down. Whoever thinks, you know, sometimes just let me have a wee lie down in a dark room. And actually sometimes what you really need is to do like this and clap your whole being back into the rhythms of God. And I believe that the Lord is asking that to become or sending that to become one of the dominant anointings of the house where there's a certain sound and syncopation that comes that gets entire movements and peoples into timing. Uh, None of that we said during the first service. The Lord said this, 
These are the days of keys. And I am sending into the midst of you, says the Lord, keys into your hands right now that are to lock and unlock and to open the doors long anticipated. And the Spirit of the Lord says, they are going to unlock you and your desires so that your desire is unlocked for me and me alone. And the Spirit of the Lord says, I am calling you a hunger movement. And then from that hunger and that purified desire for me, the Lord says, you will become from this place a holiness movement that will shock many as purity is awoken. And the Lord says, your holiness and your purity that comes from aligned hunger is such a battle right now because Satan has seen your anointing more than you have seen to be such a purified bride that you draw the eye of God and the glory of God rests on your appetite and on your holiness. And even right now as I'm prophesying and as that is unlocking, there is a healing of misplaced desires. There is a realignment that is happening as God speaks this word over the house because it's not prophetic word, a seed that goes in and grows something different in the midst of you. It says of Samuel the prophet, not a word fell to the ground. Why? Because it's seed that goes in and shifts. So as I prophesy holiness, as I prophesy realigned desire, as I prophesy a purity movement, know right now that those of you in the room who are struggling in that regard, the seed of righteous desire is being planted right here, right now, in this moment, says the Lord. And I'm aware and have been since the first service of angels in the room, like we're sent to Isaiah in chapter 6, who branded his mouth with purity. And there is not just a marking of holiness, but a branding, something deep within, like on your bones, on your flesh, this marking of purity. And I hear the Spirit of the Lord say this, see the evil. Even these angels, I am assigning as an act of mercy and liberation to some of you in the room, and they will even go home with you this week. And as you sleep, and as you go about your day, the Lord says, and as you agree that you want to be pure and you want to be righteous, they shall set some things right in you, says the Lord, and they shall make some aspects of you whole. And what was a battle this last week? as you say yes and as you get hungry to be pure there will be an ease of healing and an ease of right mindedness and the Lord says where you feel like your desires are like a tangled ball of wool and you can't quite get victory over them no matter your effort and no matter your trying the Lord says watch as I detangle and untangle your desires and make them right 
right. And I could feel the battle in some of you, and actually a very pure battle of, I really want to be pure, but no matter how hard I try, it just, I seem to slip up. I seem to make wrong decisions. And God says, see that my mercy is spilling over. And my grace, even this week, is spilling over. And I am responding, not with judgment, but with healing. And the Lord says, this week as you agree and say yes, the angels shall come, they shall visit and they shall heal. And the Lord says, I will make some things right in you, says God. And the Lord says, but it's only in response to your hunger to be pure. Be hungry for purity and I will make it so, says the Spirit of God. Wow, 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 wow. It's so, uh, the holiness of God is utterly compelling, isn't it? it That fire, 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 fire. The deep richness of a blue, pure flame. That you, you, you know what it's like when you watch fire. I have two real fires in my house. Mm. Grew up um, with my father going up to the, the Irish peat bogs and getting a, a, a stack of peat. And um, we used to, to burn, very Irish, isn't it? The peat on the fires in our homes, and I do the same now. And the sense of the, you, you stare at it, don't you? You stare at it. And it draws you in. And so as you guys step into this movement of holiness, as you become part of the burning flame, and you, you read the scriptures where Jesus says, you know, I, I've come to set the world on fire. I, I wish it was already ablaze. Uh, you remember those words of Christ seeking the blazing fire of his glory in the earth you will start to gather and you will start to gather those who are fascinated by purity and that means you will start to gather those who look really sullied and tarnished and dirty because they want what you have got and the spirit of the Lord says this it will be the creatives and it will be the artists and it will be the musicians who are locked in perversion And the Lord said these three words to me. He said, I will create with you a holy artist's bunker. And the sense, the Lord said, of your building plans, I will bless. But I have new additional buildings to give you that you have not yet seen. And I saw God give you favor to purchase and build. I actually saw physical building blocks, actual breeze blocks, concrete blocks that you were putting onto a land very close by that God was going to open up a suddenly ability to purchase that God says, I want you to build a broadcasting studio and ancillary rooms along with a recording studio that there was TV and that there was musical sound and this holy artist bunker with that sense of wartime overtones was going to be a shelter, a protected place fortified by God for pure
purified sound and recordings. And the Lord says, you will broadcast to the nations in perilous days. I will fuel you and I will give strength to many for you will be the soundtrack and the truth track, says the Lord, for many lives in this day. And the Lord says, I will give you the artists who are already established but have received delegated authority from the kingdom of darkness so their music is releasing a dirty sound and the Lord says they will come to you they will give up their worldly crimes and it will look like foolishness to their friends but they will gain something of eternity in the midst of you and you will become the apostles and the prophets in this house who lead who lead a sound truth movement who give a sound back into Canada that is worth following that will be the sound track for even a youth movement says the Lord and the spirit of the Lord says see that I have called you not just to influence the arts or to be subversive and send into arts and, and entertainment but to be a house of the arts yourself and to set a new tone through storytelling that carry prophetic intention and prophetic revelation and I saw God start to open up over you a vat of Holy Spirit creative oil that just started to pour in at great speed and the Lord says this I've not just called you to produce dramas or movies of Bible stories like the retelling of a Bible story some are excellent some are not so great but anyway the Lord says I have called you by the spirit to create even out of partnership with revelation new stories new dramas even musicals that bring revelation to the people for I have called this house to be a people of language to be a people of words of verbiage that communicate my heart to a nation and the Lord says this where even writer's block has come to some of you who are called to write poetry and prose and dramas and movies and television shows the Lord says receive even a new ability to write and to produce and to create and the Lord says watch as I open up spoken word pieces poetry stories and the Lord says as you partner with me by the spirit your words will go out from you and they will dance in the spirit realm over a region and they will release right mindedness they will release a sound mind and the Lord says your words and what you produce and what you perform the Lord says will cause people to be compelled to choose well compelled to choose righteously compelled to choose purity and I saw in the next five years an expedited speed of building a production house and the Lord says this you will have a production house and it's broadcasting of truth and broadcasting of prophetic words but it's also performance and it's song and it's sound and it's drama says the Lord and the creatives shall come and the 
Lord says, you will heal the creatives and you will heal them of their confusion and you will heal them of their sexual promiscuity and you will heal them of their impurity and you will heal them even of the abuse that went on in their earlier years and you will heal them of every way that they have been wronged and they have been used and they have been belittled and they have been mocked and you will heal a creative army and you will raise a creative army, a company of prophets who perform, says the Spirit of God, and you will regain even what has been lost in the prophetic world of biblical performance and prophecy. And just as even in Scripture, you see prophets perform, but in modern day you do not. You shall resurrect that, and you will prophesy through performance, and you will prophesy through poetry, and you will prophesy through drama, says the Lord, and purity will be your portion. Purity will be your portion. And I'm watching even for some of you in the room who are called to the arts. And you know that right now, and I can hear your spirit say, I want that, but I know myself. I'm not pure even though I want it. I want to be pure. And I'm watching just God click. And I don't often see him click, but he's going click, click, click. And he's causing, even just by a force of his sovereignty, your inner world to come back into order. And right now, just tune your ear into the spirit realm. Hear God click, 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 click. I can hear him do it so loud, actually. Click, click, click. Your inner world right now comes back into purity. And The battles that a couple of you have had this weekend, the onslaught of images and dreams in your mind where you thought you were compromised, but it was just an enemy attack, was a resistance against what God wants to birth in you today. And I speak an end to that battle right now, and your inner world, click, 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 comes back into purity and rightness in Jesus' name. I am watching, um, this is slightly odd, an angelic marketing team fly into the room and hand you a marketing campaign. And I'm watching the letters TMF, Toronto Music Festival. And God giving you this brand that becomes an international destination over time for international creatives and artists and sound and prophets and dreamers. And it's there in the atmosphere if you want to partner with God. Because the Lord is saying, you will not disciple the nation through conferences, but you will disciple the nation through festivals. And there has been in the history, certainly south of your border, the ability for festivals to disciple, look at Woodstock. And the Lord started to talk to me about his version of that coming from the city of Toronto. Now we would kind of call that Godstock, but it looks like the angels are calling it TMF. TMF. 
And I'm watching not just the artist venues arise and you take over some of the nightclubs with different signs that are holy, but I am watching even the businesses where you dress people in clothes made by Christians. The merch is remarkably anointed. I am watching jewelry being designed, makeup brands. I am watching skincare. I am uh, watching the businesses partner with the creatives so that a whole nation is dressed and resourced by the holy hands of those who are in partnership with the kingdom of God. It's an utterly remarkable ability to disciple culture. Mm. It's enormous. Now, you know my husband was a key marketeer in the arts for years, rescue dying arts organizations. So we talk about the brilliance of godly marketing, uh, of which he is a master in that uh, area. Um, But there, I have never seen the marketing department of heaven. Never. That's strange to me, but quite wonderful that he is sending that battalion down to you. If I was going anywhere in scripture, I would go to the moment of Bethlehem where the sky is filled with Gabriel and his battalion of angels who are the communication announcement and pronouncement host who speak over a city that something is about to be birthed and started and how you look for it. And it feels like the same thing is happening right now. Angels of communication, marketing, announcement and decree that Gabriel force who start to say, here is what you need to look for. And it comes in modern day marketing. And the spirit of the Lord says from this high will come a prophetic movement. It is awakening. It is not just training. It is a movement, says the Lord. It is a core focus of this house. It will be apostolically led by Brendan, but it will be built with Sharon and her team, a movement of prophets gathering, training, equipping, and releasing. And the Lord says, not all of you can go. Not all of you will like this and not all of you will want it. For the Lord says, no longer are you just a local church. There's nothing wrong with being a local church. But the Lord says, you are in a covenant upgrade season. And then I heard the Lord last night give me three sentences I have never heard him say before. Some love the local only. This is no longer their home. Some love the national only. This is no longer their home. Some love the international only. This is no longer their home. For I am giving you an interesting combination of being rooted in other words deeply established group of people here who are firmly 
really fixed as family who are developing something, but it is not only for here. You are being rooted that you might have international impact. In other words, the concepts of being rooted and gathered now marry the concepts of impact for strong effect and major impression in the world. You are in the day, says the Lord, of rabid, fast-paced change management. And the Lord says, in the previous season, I had you as the pool of Bethsaida, where there was a sense of right boundaries, of gathering to a place where my power was. But you are no longer in that day, for I do not call you the pool of Bethsaida. I call you the Ezekiel River. And from the temple, you are to create a river that only ever gets wider and deeper and more uncontrolled as it flows into the nations. The Lord says this, the pool is about a visitation, but the river is about a habitation and multiplication. The pool is about management and control and the presence of God coming, but don't make it too wild. The river is about surrender, a torrent of the flow of God that is wild and uncontrollable. The pool is about moments where as the river is about momentum. It's in the pool where you get your annual spectacular breakthrough, but the river is always significant, always flowing, always producing something of the significance of the kingdom, for you are not the pool anymore. You are the river, and God is writing Isaiah 33, 21 on you as as a prophecy of the river in heaven, but also a parallel to the river of Ezekiel. There the Lord will be our mighty one and it will be a place of broad rivers and streams where no galley with oars will ride them. No mighty ships will sail them. In other words, the river of God cannot be controlled for your own gain. If you are in it for your own gain and your own control, if you want to make it manageable, if you don't want to be out of control or surrendered to it, you will struggle with what God is about to do with Toronto City Church. You have to, in the fire of God, have your tendencies to manage the presence, to manage the flow, to control the current. You need that burnt out of you or you will find this a deeply frustrating and exposing place. And many of you will struggle and need another place to belong. And that is okay for some like the pool, but not many are made for the river. But this house is a river house, a people of the river and a people of the fire, both in one. And you will be a river people. And we know about rivers that they are disruptive. They don't respect existing paths. They forge their own paths, no matter what is the way, and no matter what is in the way. And we know that we have to move things out of the way when new rivers start to form, because rivers make their own way. Pools, they're manufactured. They're geographically limited to one place. They don't grow. They don't expand. They stay as they are forever. But rivers forge their own paths. Nothing can stand in the way. And it's 
that sort of flow of the presence of God that Ezekiel says produces unusual fruit, regular fruit, blessings and miracles and provision. The trees along each side are every month producing fruit. For the Lord says, I have ended one season of the pool and I have launched another season, the Lord says, of the river. And God took me to the beheading of John the Baptist, one of the most brutal of the New Testament stories where what was a preparation he brought to an end. What was meant for a season but not forever, God allowed a brutal end to come to. And the Lord says, do you not see that you find yourselves in the brutal but necessary ending of a season where I have moved you out of preparation and now it's about proximity to the river and now it's about building a river people, a river house. And the Lord says this, see that even with Jesus, he moved from the beheading into a season of retreat to regroup and gather himself. And the Lord says, you have a moment to gather yourself and choose. You have a moment to retreat and choose what sort of person you want to be. Because right after that, Jesus goes into the feeding of the 5,000. And it's about the river to the people, the multiplication of his power, the feeding of the 5,000, the demonstrations of majesty en masse for the masses. And the Lord says, it is time to choose, will you be one of the river or one of the pool? For this house is no longer a pool, it is a river, says the Spirit of God. Um, we've never spoken about your building building plans. I'm not sure where you are in that journey. Um, but the Lord is just saying to me very strongly, um, go back to a drawing board and redesign for it is not big enough to hold what I need to do. Now, I've only ever come into this building through a back door. I've, ne I've never been, I don't think I've ever stood in your foyer, not that no I'm aware, like. um, or come in your front door. So I'm not even sure where that is. Um, but whatever is out there, there are angels, whatever is there on a boundary line, the Lord is saying, I will give you the land the other side of your boundary line in a suddenly move of extreme favor. And the Lord is saying, the, there are angels pushing in that direction so that you can occupy what is beyond and the other side, whatever, I don't know, I'm watching them there. And they are in a movement of, um, of uh, uh, like weight bearing, the angels are facing out the way. Just go with the funny prophet vision. You can unpack it later. And uh, they are pulling, they are pulling uh, very much like that Isaiah um, 54 scripture talks about lengthen your cords, you know, re-dig in your tent pegs further out. Uh, and they are pulling your covering and pulling your anointing and pulling your ropes for you into a new size and shape and bearing the weight of stretching and increasing your capacity. And the Lord says this to you, 
thank you for being a people who are saying yes to yeah. me. Yeah. Thank you for saying yes to change, yes to restructuring, yes to carrying how I want to be seen in this land. Yes, predominantly to the concept of pivoting. For the Lord says, it is not the days any longer where you talk about one day. For I am beginning, says the Lord, your pivoting days. You will become of crucial importance to the growth of the kingdom of God in Canada. You are extremely important, says the Lord, to carrying the weighty glory that though you are a local house, you will birth things that will have a mighty ripple effect. Can I say to you, we live as prophets for these kind of days where we can bring this kind of word. Where I'm not sitting in a front row like I very often am, more times than I would like to tell you, with my head between my knees, begging God to not smite them off the face of the earth. Seriously. I have closed more churches than I would like to ever have a conversation about as a prophet sits and says, God is not pleased with you. This is really rare stuff. And I know that prophets often sound like we're prophesying you into the stratosphere. We have very bad reputations for overstating things. But I'm here with a sober, holy fear of the Lord because of the extreme trust of God. You will need to be like Aaron and her and get into Ed Esther, Samuel, Sharon and Brendan's armpits and raise them up by your giving, your loving, your yes and your serving of them because they have sound marriages, sound minds and purity that can I tell you is exceptionally rare in leadership. I wish that was not the case, but it just happens to be the case. Now, let me talk about these pivotal days and take five minutes of your time. And I was doing a quick calculation this morning. Um, my father, as you know, uh, is a theologian. He lives with us. He moved in in January. I am building him a library. Oh, I've lost count. He did have 10,000 theology 10, 000, books, yeah. but he's given a lot away to Bible colleges. I dread to think what the total is, but I'm now building him bookcases. Anyway, but the point of that is my father and my husband and I, we think of about 90 two years of church leadership experience between us. So when I come to talk to church leadership, I don't just tell you this as an itinerant clergy with no anchoring or no local love for a people in a location. What we have, my father was a troubleshooter for the Irish Baptist Union. And so most of my childhood was spent watching clergy in extreme pain, sit wrestling with their leadership teams. Um, so many men of God weeping in our house over the loss of their churches or the disagreements or the, you, you get the story of church history. I don't need to sit in that for too long. Uh, and I do that a lot with my own time as we travel the nations. 
So what I have come to understand, and leaders of the church, give me grace here as I say this. You'll know what I'm saying. Well, whoever is on the board or the diaconate or the eldership, whatever is your terminology in this house. You and I know that we are very used to big dreams with no actual fulfillment. And we can get very comfortable in the scale of projecting the future with zero action that walks into it. And that when the call of God comes to enter a pivotal day, we can fall out and argue very quickly and find that we are killing relationships and killing movement by dying on small mountains of structural concerns that have no eternal significance at all. And the history of the church is littered with people who said yes when it didn't really cost them and couldn't maintain the yes and the permission giving to wild leaders who said that the leadership was reckless and who wanted to maintain the structure. Now, I get the toughness of that. But the Lord is cautioning you to start to tuck in behind Sharon and Brandon and Ed, Esther and Samuel. And very definitely God is calling them as husband and wife teams into this movement place. Because if you don't, you will speak against God's anointed. Brandon is no longer your son. He is your senior apostle. I know that's like, it's a bit of a shift of gear. Now, do good leaders test visions? Of course, good leadership tests visions. But there is a point in the testing of visions that it is credited to you as righteous to then say, you have the anointing, I will tuck in even if I don't understand all the fullness of it. Because you are going to have to employ, the Lord says, five new members of staff, your minimum, that's just entry stuff. You are five full-time members short. I don't know what's in your bank, but I know enough from the Spirit of God to know you don't have that cash. But the Lord is saying that sometimes in the upside down kingdom, you have to take a faith risk for God to back you. You know what it is. Sometimes you need to nest at home for him to give you the nations. Sometimes you have to give your life away way to find yourself truly alive. Sometimes you have to give all the finances you've got for the miraculous provision of God to come. Leaders learn the upside downness of the kingdom in pivotal days. And the Lord says this, in pivotal days, I need you to seatbelt yourself back into me, the rock, as the roller coaster of the next 18 months unfolds. Do not seatbelt yourself into your experience or your history, for that will anchor you in the wrong place. It is time for you to say, I 
cling to you, O king, in the changes. It is a time, says the Lord, to learn to stand in the deep discomfort of transition and to become happy in being agents of change and not settlers in the status quo. Jeremiah 12 verse 5, if you have raced with men on foot and they have worn you out, how can you compete with the horses? If you stumble when it's safe, how will you manage in the thickets by the Jordan? In other words, the sense of the shift of pace in that scripture, it's saying the troubles, the troubles of your previous years will seem petty in comparison to the pace of change that is upon you and how you may well feel hunted by the enemy as you move into greater glory. Can I have some water please? And the Spirit of the Lord says, banish your discouragement. Agree to ride the adventure of God in this era. You only end up in the thickets by the Jordan in scriptural days in great harvest. You are entering the days of great harvest, but it, come on, but it is not without its danger. We must recognize that life will require this year some great alterations because of the magnitude of the task at hand. You know that outside your boundaries, you are watching exhausting turnarounds in politics. You are watching power plays and factions. You are watching the enemy trying to send leadership vacuums and institutions are being being torn down and the spirit of the Lord says it is time to say I will hold fast to the word of the Lord and I will resist panic come on I will resist panic come on for some of you I will resist camping in polarization for the Lord says I am redrawing your map I am redrawing your boundaries. I am even redrawing your building diagrams. I am redrawing your structure and your employment policies. For this is a pivotal year for this organization. You are in alignment changes, says the Lord. You will be cut off from some relationships. And you will feel that there is loss on days. But there will be a deeper grafting into some other relationships relationship says the Lord. I'm trembling. The Lord says it is a time to warfare in the spirit. It is a time to learn how to see far off and take responsibility in new spiritual ways. The Lord says, I'm asking you to carry a great glory and weight and to command the atmosphere and to work with God in the expansion of his kingdom. The Lord says, it is a day to learn how to prevent demonic chaos, which will often feel very close and to continually 
agree in your house to stop the mauling spirit that seeks to cause injury and release fierce criticism. Many of the prophets, as you know, uh, were very much in Psalm 23 for their word of the Lord for 2023. And there was a lot of talking about the Lord being a great shepherd. That was not the verse that attracted me. But I do think you're in Psalm 23, verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. <laughs> you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Now what that means is that the enemy will often feel perilously close. Do not mix this up, Sharon and Brendan and Samuel and Ed Esther, with a sense that you are doing the wrong thing. The enemy will ultimately watch you feast. And this will feel very different to many other years you have lived. The foe will be baffled because it will think it is about to have an amazing victory. And you will feel very much like all is lost. But at the last moment, the enemy's plans will be halted and he will be powerless to affect anything. And you will write this word down and I know you will read it over and over and over when the enemy presses in close because the Lord says what will look like decline will become the place of your greatest breakthrough. The enemy will see how God comes through to enable you to triumph. It will feel a, like a great anointing and an overflowing cup has come to you. You will know what it is to feel the delight of God. <sighs> Can I tell you as leaders, you know yourselves in your own life. You don't have to be a leader for this one. You know what it is to live for years without feeling the surge of the wind of the spirit and the delight of God. I've heard great men who one in particular comes to mind, a mega church kind of amazing anointed pastor. You'd probably know his name. And I've watched him lay hands on myself and my friends. And we have literally gone flying across the platform under the power of God that was trusted into that man. And I rarely get slain in the spirit because I'm, yeah, most people are contaminated and I don't like them laying hands on me. But um, seriously, it's why I hate fire tunnels. Keep your yacht to yourself. But um, <laughs> he lays hands on, on um, my friends and I, Becca Greenwood and I and some others. And we literally are lifted off our feet. And you sit in that, that under his anointing and you're like, whoa. And you feel your whole self realize. Anybody had hands laid on them like that? Yeah. And you're like, what happened? Wow, God. And then about a year later, I'm sitting with him again. And um, we've done some broadcasting together. I feel connected because I've done his makeup so he didn't shine on camera. But anyway, um, and we, I'm watching him preach after horrendous year. And he preached this message. What do you do when the anointing is gone? How do you minister when the anointing is gone? 
It was horrific. And you and I spend many years in that kind of place of not quite feeling right. And we yearn for the anointing and we yearn for the delight of God. And the Lord is saying through some of the battles and the yes to this word, you will feel the delight of God and a great anointing will come to you. Can I tell you that the moments of anointing and the moments of delight of God make everything else worth it. And that is his promise to you, where all of heaven backs you up, where you take a leap about boundaries and employment and structures, and God smiles on you, and the anointing breaks every opposition. And the Lord says, I'm going to delight in you, but it will require ridiculous courage. You will step up and you will step over your current boundaries and into surprising and new places for you must now discern a new set of priorities and rewrite your vision and your mission statement and reframe your website. In the ridiculous courage, you will find paradoxically a release of peace and provision in this hour, says the Lord. Pivotal courage. Pivotal courage. And the Spirit of the Lord says, I will bring restoration to your inner man, to the unseen parts of your being, are being renewed in this hour. As you say yes to pivoting courage, you will walk into 2 Corinthians 4.16, where therefore it says, you do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. In other words, we're aging, yet inwardly, we are being renewed day by day and God is promising inner renewal in your moment of pivoting courage. And the Lord says this as a final challenge and then back to Sam. Will you stay brave and open in the face of big change, in the face of fresh revelation when it's unexpected. Will you, says the Lord, move in my rhythm this season? Will you come to the burning bush and see that it requires extraordinary moves from you? Will you embrace the immensity of what I am offering you? Will you understand, says the Lord, that you are hitting moments that are outside of your normal patterns of daily life. You are in your pivot time. The Lord says, my gift, if you will open your hands, is a gift of attuned attentiveness and a deep resolve to fulfill the call of God on your life in this hour. Yeah, right.
Talk to me about what you love about Brendan and Sharon. Uh-huh. Their humility. Sorry, guys. Just put, put your heads down and just open your ears. They're, they're warm and friendly. Humility, glory of God. What? They're, they're incredibly faithful, aren't they? It's remarkable. Yeah, what else do you love about them? The love of each other. Gotta love that. You gotta, I mean, it's just like, I wish every church had a married couple that I'm like, woohoo, thank you, Jesus, for them. They actually still find each other attractive. That's nearly remarkable in church leadership. So I'm not even kidding you. Can we just have an honest moment? Uh, uh, what else do you love about? I mean, they are generous and kind, aren't they? Leader, haha, leadership. Now, can we sit in that? You can hear, you, write, look, if I didn't put the microphone in your face, write, them, write it down and totally embarrass them and tell them. Oh, this is so un-Canadian, isn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah, they're very giving. Can we just land in the leadership bit for a moment? Biblically, we're in some very odd places with leaders in that as much as I have a responsibility to choose and, and steward my own life, as, and so do you, I am always, as are you, we're all in the, in, on the same boat together. We're always best when we're spiritually covered. Yes. yes. And that we have authority because we respect authority. Yes. We, we understand those dynamics. Where am I going with this? Um, there is a sense of the joy for David and I to have the covering of Bishop Bill Hammond and Dr. Sharon Stone or John McGinley. We, we have a set of people that we are accountable. It's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. But they are very definitely not within the local context. Uh, they're outside because you always need, I think, prime accountability uh, in somebody who has got a bigger uh, eye than just the local place, okay? That's the first thing. But the point of that is leaders cover. And it is attributed to you as righteous whenever you tuck in under leadership. Yeah, we get that. We're, I'm preaching to the choir. You understand those dynamics. Sam, can I talk to you? I'm going to so put you on the spot. Let's talk about what it's like that I fight some battles for you before they ever come to you. And sometimes they never come to me there. Yes, yeah. It's my role in his life that he's able to stand on my shoulders um, and go further because there is a spiritual principle of protection that is given. I don't understand completely how it works, but when you tuck in under leadership, you, you don't fight some stuff because leaders cover it. Mm -hmm. So although you think, well, they just turn up on a Sunday and they preach and they give me some spiritual direction, in the Word of God, leaders are much more than just I teach and I preach and I, and I provoke you. Leaders actually do something in the Spirit greater than most of us ever see. Which is why I'm always very nervous when people want to go off and plant their own ministry. Because by all means, do that if you feel called. But don't lose the warfare of a good leader in what it achieves in the spirit for you. Do you want to add to that? And then I'm going to actually make the point I'm trying to get to. Which yeah, I think we have such an ugly idea of submission or being under leadership. And first, to give voice to some of your experiences, I think that's because many of you, many of us, have had ugly experiences of domineering and control. But at its purest sense, yeah. submission 
is only ever a joy and a liberation yeah. and a permission. And I get to fly to full height and don't get capped because of submission. And I think we wrongly view submission as a ceiling. And I think even the word covering almost it could put an image in your mind of someone over the top of you that lets you fly only so far. But yeah. submission in the covering sense is much more of a launching and a protection in the launching. And yes, in submission, there are hard conversations where there's a calling to a higher place. Yeah. Come higher, do better. There's more in you than there. maybe you're demonstrating right now. That wasn't your best, but it's only ever with the idea and the heart to launch. And I've traveled a lot, you know, with Emma, but then also myself. Mm -hmm. And people always say to me, you know, how did you get trained to speak with so much authority? What courses did you do? What business did you do with God? You know, you stand on a platform as someone in your 20s and you speak with a resonance and an authority that doesn't match your age. And the answer every time is only ever one answer because I'm under authority. Mm -hmm. I'm submitted and I live in the joy of being fathered and mothered and of being a son. So when I take to the platform, I stand here knowing that I'm not alone, though they may be back in Glasgow or in another nation. I feel the protection, but I also feel the launching of go fly. And I know that I am well guarded, not just by God, which is important, but by spiritual parents, spiritual leaders. And my joy is then to get to stand and do what I'm called to do. Can I say, it has never once, ever, 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 ever felt like a limitation. It's accredited to you as righteous. I mean, that's the word of God. Why am I here? Why am I here? Not because you're dishonoring. I don't actually feel that. I actually think you're very honoring people and your response is very honoring. And not because I necessarily feel troubled waters under my feet. How can I land this so that it's clear? You're going places where they will take what, what are perceived as wild decisions. Can I urge you to trust them? Yeah. Even if you don't understand. Can I urge you? That's really the point I'm making here. Can I urge you to keep a yes in your heart rather than anything else? It actually will be counted to you as righteous. And the other thing in that is uh, that... The Lord is going to need them to be much better remunerated right across the board as families because to carry spiritual weight and take spiritually heavy, heavy decisions means you actually need some other things that are a little bit easier. And it means that you, you cannot then come home and just run a house in the normal way because the burden of the spiritual is so all-consuming. So my sense is that you are going to have to radically rethink that. I'm not even looking at you. My, my sense from the Lord is you're going to have to radically rethink that. They don't know I'm going to say this. And they certainly they would be mortified if I told them this beforehand. But you are going to have to radically rethink this because of where you're going, ha smile at me. Just smile at me. Because normally when I'm coming to places, I'm going, ch -ch 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 what a mess. Here I'm going, come on. Yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. wow. Look, 
look where God is taking you. Oh my days, look where God is taking you. And I want you to catch the somberness, but the joy and the glory of God that he is putting into your hands. And that sense of a yes, we're going to go together into the wild adventure of God. Back to you on miracles. Just one final really quick thing. And just as I release it, can you stand to your feet as we say in church? Not to your hand, the hands, unless you want to handstand and radical, brilliant is, agreement. I'm going to lay hands on you as a man. Yeah. Somebody says that, I'm like, well, what are your other options? No, I, I like, I'm going to, come on, everyone, let's raise your hands all over the room. You're like, <laughs> yeah, go <laughs> for <sorry>. it. <laughs> Cheekiness there at the end. I really feel as you commit to this next journey, there is such a promise that you will be a house that hosts such extravagant outlandish miracle working power not just healings but miracles relationally I mean relational restoration that would blow your mind of an impossible turnaround and mother daughter father son marriage relationships sibling relationships even just friendships the debt repayment and the miracles of debt cancellation by the hand of God that God wants to do here of just the prison of debt being obliterated and a promise that this will be a house of people who will be debt free and people who will be liberated from the hands of debt and and the miracles of I really felt like there was a disproportionate amount of people that would come here who would be living with long-term conditions because of compromised pregnancies. And that when their mother was pregnant with them, there were things that happened that caused them to have some long-term conditions. And God saying, watch as I work creative miracles that even heal you and form even in your brain parts that haven't been there ever. I will heal and I will cause miracles. There are creative miracles with lungs and lung issues and respiratory issues and issues with breathing and oxygen and hearts. And the Lord says, watch as I work miracles in you. But can I say this? This miracle working capability is not for you to just get your needs met. And if that's your only motivation, God won't give you the miracle working power. He is that strict. He will meet your needs, but it's in the giving of the miracles to others. And God says, be someone else's miracle worker. Be someone else's person who releases healing. And watch as I, by my power, meet your needs on your behalf in the giving of miracles. And I feel like it's even as simple as, you know you need healing in your joints. Get to someone who needs healing in their joints release it to them and watch as your joints get well get to someone who needs breakthrough financially because you need it and say I will sow and I will be a miracle seed in you and watch as your finances come into order it's that sort of way that we obey the principles of the kingdom of God I sow and I reap I give and God blesses and sees to my needs because of extravagant generosity whether financially whether relationally, whatever it might be, the Lord says, I promise that you will be a house of a surge of the miraculous. So open your hands just to receive. 
right now I release in the room not just that your needs would be met today although we do want that we want miracles I want miracles for you for your needs to be met for your body to be healed for your bank balance not to be as terrifying as it was and as a prison as it was but right now I release to you miracle working surge power not just for yourself but for others in the name of Jesus that your hands right now start to host and hold the pulsating power of the kingdom of God who has no limit, that has no limit or rationing on power and ability and might that right now on you and in you is the ability to lay hands and see healing, to speak a word and see restoration, to make a decree and see alignment by the power of God. It's yours. Just say, I receive miracle working power, not just for me, but for others. I pledge to use what you put in me, God, not just for my needs, but for the needs of others in the name of Jesus. And the Spirit of the Lord says something quite rare. He says, Sharon and Brendan, Samuel and Ed Esther, I trust you with my weight. with my glory and he says here is my beloved Canada who I dream of says the Lord he says my eyes went to and fro in the earth like I did in the days of old looking for those who would stand in the gap and my eyes are on you and he says I trust you now he says trust my spirit in you Lean, he says, into the words that I have given you. As we bless you, as those who love and adore you from Scotland and your church here, we bless you into the wild decision-making. We bless you into movement. And we bless you to become a movement. And we bless you to fulfill and become all that God has ordained you to be in the stripping and the losses, in the building and the expansion. And we lay these words humbly at your feet. And we raise our hands from the continent of Europe 
and the British Isles Council of Prophets that I lead and the global prophetic of global prophetic alliance that I also lead. We stand raising our hands from Europe and we release such a blessing of the Lord for movement to become for timings to align and for unstuckness to now be your portion. And we join with you in Canada, continent to continent, truly the body of Christ, wholeheartedly, unreservedly, If God puts his trust in you, then we say we trust you too. Come take the new mantle. Come receive the new burden of God. Come take the new mantle and receive the new burden of God to become a movement of His glory. And I feel like some of you need to stand in front of these couples and just say to them, I trust you. I I know we're way over time. I've got minuses on clocks. But it's something of a covenant of movement that I can't express anyway. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. I trust. That's going to do something remarkable in the atmosphere of a movement. We are forming movement covenant. I trust you. I trust you. And then you can just go and take, you know, your seat again. I trust you. As God releases the trust of heaven to the earth. That's remarkable. It's remarkable. The trust of heaven down to the earth. As couples are told by God that they're trusted. And as people endorse the word of the Lord. And you can feel this, it's unlocking something. It's unlocking something. It's unlocking something. You're going to have to move faster because there's a lot of you. It's unlocking. It's unlocking the words. The words are life. The words are life. Shh. Yay. Covenant is the new covenant. It's a new covenant of movement. We're a people who trust each other, have the glory of God and the wind of God at their back, Sam prophesied. And the Lord says, even as the trust is given, not just by me, but by others. He says, particularly to these two couples and those that he will call to lead here, feel as I mantle you and change even the resonance with which you speak. And I could hear even the authority, the resonance, the frequency of your voices start to change. And the Lord says, on you, I am putting putting such gathering weight says God where you will speak and the prophets and the people will gather he says speak and they will gather speak and they will gather speak and they will gather 
for you have wrestled with me and you have been both these couples I have put you through the test of your lives and the Lord says it is my joy to say you have passed with flying colors and the test ends the trusting comes the weight lands the voice changes and now the Lord says the people start to gather and the remnant start to gather says God for I trust you I trust you, I trust you, I trust you, I trust you, I trust you. And see that the people trust you also. And you know, it's not like you didn't like them or trust them before. I get that. I'm not asking you to do something that wasn't already in you. But you do see what's happening in this spirit. That you're forming a sort of new covenantal agreement. And you're actually enabling movement. Well done, guys. Well done. God trusts you and we trust you. We're going to hand you microphones. We might have to get you to come back and say, I I trust them all week. Email them. Annoy them all week with it. Text them it. Yeah. Facebook, Instagram. Yes. (laughs) All right. Well... I really have no idea what to say right now, except thank you and yes, God. Uh, um, uh. You know what? I'll just say this because we do want to thank you guys the extra time, but I think we'd all agree this was God and we got to be willing to just move with what God's doing. Um, There was a lot today. I think we've got to go away and pray. I know many of us, God was speaking to us individually. He's also speaking to us corporately. Uh, but, you know, you can feel overwhelmed by it all. You feel like, man, there's a lot. And what's, what do we do? How do we do this? And I was reminded, I'd shared this in first service, but I was reminded about years ago when I was in Bogota, Colombia. Some of you will connect very personally with this. And we were in this stadium filled with all these young people dancing and worshiping God and I felt like this conflict of emotions in that moment. I was so touched. I was so sparked. I thought, God, I want to see you move like this in Canada. I had this feeling like, God, I I feel like you want me to be part of this. I was probably in my early 20s. I also felt completely inadequate and overwhelmed. And I said, God, how am I ever going to get there? And I felt like God just put something in my heart. He said, this is how. And he said, just take my hand. And had that picture, you know, of a child where you just take your parents' hand. And you don't have to worry about all the other details now. You just have to keep holding on to their hand. And that's, I think, in that word, even when just trust in the Holy Spirit. So I just want to encourage you, forever God's speaking to you today, what God's speaking to us, uh, can we all just do a prophetic act? Can we all just take his hand today? Can we all just reach up and just whatever God's stirring your hearts. I mean, this has been an amazing weekend. Just take his hand, and that's all we really have to do. And then every day, just, okay, what do you need me to do today? You know, wild decisions. That, that word really scares me. I don't like making wild decisions. My wife does sometimes. I don't. <laughs> but you know what? It's like I don't need to worry about it. I just need to know in the moment the Holy Spirit says this is what we need to do. And then we say we trust you. Amen? So, Father, we just trust you for each one of us as a church family. We receive this word. 
And God, we trust you in walking and living out. Thank you so much for Emma and Sam, for the team. God, thank you for what they've just poured out into us as a church family. And God, just even as was said in that word, we just continue to say yes to you. Help us to say yes, because we're going to need your help. But Lord, I thank you just even as Joshua was getting ready to enter the promised land, and you said to him, be strong and courageous. Be of good courage. Meditate in my word day and night. God, he was facing a, a, a transition, and he was facing just a, a, a stepping into promises. But you said, do not be afraid. Be strong and courageous, God. And so we just receive your grace, God, to meditate in your word day and night, to go deeper in you, and to trust you. You said this is a year of faith, and I think you just took it up a whole nother notch, God. But we say yes in Jesus' name. And everyone agreed with me, said amen, 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 amen. So we're going to dismiss, obviously, parents, you can get your kids because some of them might be bouncing off the walls by now. But, uh, but here's what we want to ask. We want to remind you about the opportunity we have to sow into Emma and Sam. Now, there's something powerful, especially when a word is deposited. Again, no manipulation, but just hearing from God and sowing a seed that says, you know what, this is part of our response to this. And so I want to encourage you through all our regular giving channels, which you're all very familiar with. If not, ask as well. Let's sow a seed. Let's just, there's some great, I can tell you, there's some great offerings sown already, even from, uh, from the conference. But we want to just sow into this. They've been, with God's forming, there's a partnership, there's a connection here that we love. And, uh, and they were mentioning yesterday, they're, they're going to try and buy some, some homes in Toronto. They want to kind of have some, this be a landing spot, which we're excited to have them, you know, just be family because they're family. Uh, but if you want to just so, just please mark very clearly Emma Stark, Sam Robertson offering. All of this will go to them. So all of this will go. We just want to bless them and we want to sow into what God's doing and just stand with them as well as they stood with us. Amen. Amen. Well, anything else for your son? Yeah, just stand and let's pray together as we go. If you're comfortable with this, it's kind of a thing we used to do before COVID. Can you grab the hand of the person next to you? Right, that thing we used to do. We used to do it. We want to do it. Let's just pray. Father God, we thank you for what you are speaking to us. Father, as a church, as a people that represent this nation, And Father, I thank you as we go from here, Father, that as your seed has come into the soil of our hearts, God, we ask that it would bear much fruit. Father, we thank you around the lunch tables, the dinner tables tonight, tomorrow. Father, would this word follow us? Would it be with us? Would we water it? Would we action, create action on it? Father, would we respond to it? Father, I thank you for the prophets that you have sent our way. We bless them. Father, we bless them from Toronto, from Canada. We come on, let's just bless, let's just stretch our hands to them. We bless them. Father, we declare that this would be a fruitful season for them. Father, in Europe, in the nations of the earth. Father, that they would mount up with a fresh level of strength with the word of the Lord in their mouths in a powerful cutting and building way. Father, we thank you for their physical bodies. Father, would you recharge them and strengthen them? Father, would you raise them up in this hour as pioneers in the new wave of the prophetic movement across the nations? So we just say from Canada, we bless you. 
We bless you to run even further. We bless you to rise up in strength. And we thank you for the deposit in the nation of Canada. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Why don't you hug somebody as you go, high-five somebody, and we'll see you next week. God bless you guys.